0: Aloha and welcome to Sup FM, the podcast for stand-up paddleboarders everywhere. So with no further ado, let's get out on the water and on with the show. Here are your hosts, Nick and Simon.
1: Uh, this is Simon. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. How's the weather with you over in uh, Portugal? Positively sweltering. I had to turn my fan off to start this podcast, but hey, it's going well. I heard that you uh, got in touch with a superhero called the Sup Garbage Man, who's kind of like a mysterious guy. What's the deal with him? He is so he's kind of a bit mild mannered, liked like, like uh, Clark Kent, and uh, you never see his face like Batman. But uh, I think he's a really a, a candidate for for you know what we aim to achieve on this podcast, which is trying to cover different disciplines and people who use the sport to inspire others and really make a difference. And he is a fascinating character. His name is Joe. I'm not sure that that's his real name. And uh, he paddles the Potomac River just down from Washington DC so he's, he's very very modest but he seems to be really inspiring others at the moment through sharing the stories about his efforts to clean up the stretches of the river and he's getting a real following of people um, who are sort of increasingly doing what he's doing so um, I mean w- you know we came across him didn't we we've been talking about him for a while yeah, I mean, that's fantastic because, you know, I think what you mentioned, what you hit on with uh, Maddie LeBlanc in your interview with her um, was something because she was doing a degree in environmental and the exposure that, that Stand Up Paddle causes to environmental issues and how people react to that. And that that personally happened with me. I, I started getting very environmentally aware after I started paddling. And I just think that that's obviously a thing that we'd like to promote a lot. And it's, I'm pretty sure that everybody who paddles is obviously way more aware of the environment and starts to clean up a bit more, which is obviously we want to clean up on it, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's not the most glamorous subject in the world, but Joe's really good at obviously rolling his sleeves up. And I think you know the thing that attracted us to, it, and we've discussed him various times, haven't we? Sort of obviously off recording is the photography and the sto- sort of stories he tells. So um, I was really keen to to have a chat with him, and and you know we both think, don't we, that he deserves a massive shout out from the sub community. So. Here he is, my interview with a modest, self-effacing and hugely committed Sup Garbage Man. Today, we welcome onto the show someone who both me and Nick have had a little bit of an obsession with since we first rebooted the podcast back in March. Today, we are speaking to Sup Garbage Man someone who's made it his mission to clear trash from his local stretch of the Potomac River and has cleared huge volumes of garbage just solely using his paddleboard. Joe, it's great to talk to you.
0: Hey, Simon. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for having me.
1: No, oh, it's great to have you on. So, so Joe, something that's um, that we've noticed coming out of the recent relaxation, the lockdown, Uh, particularly in the UK is a huge increase in SUP and people buying new boards and getting on the water. So could you just tell me a little bit about the first time you saw SUP and how it went when you first stepped onto a board?
0: Oh yeah, sure. Um, When I first saw uh, Santa Paddling, I was living in California and it probably was 2008, 2009 or something like that. I was big into surfing at time, so. (laughs) to be honest, I thought it was quite silly why anyone would want to stand on a board and uh, not surf. You know, it just was kind of shocking to me. So um, it was something that I always had in my mind that I wanted to try. But I was like, why would anyone want to do that for real? Um, And then 2013 uh, came around and uh, we were uh, visiting a place uh, in the Florida Keys and they gave you a free paddleboard rental. Uh, And so I was like, sure, let's let's try it. And I got to tell you, as soon as I stepped on that board in the Keys, uh, and it was in July, uh, I was hooked. Uh, it, there was something magical about being able to to stand up on the water, and then and, and if you're familiar with the Keys, it's crystal clear water, and you could see you know two to six feet down at any given point, depending on the depth where you're at. And it was just so cool to see the wildlife uh, from that point of view, um, way better than I could ever see from a kayak. Uh, mm. And then I un- then I understood why people uh, w- would do stand up paddling. And then ever since then, I, like I said, I've been hooked. Um, I got my uh, first board shortly after uh, and then uh, you couldn't keep me off of my I would pr- I would prefer the paddle board over going surfing uh, at that point. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And um, you've you've paddle surfed as well, presumably since you've been supping.
0: Uh, I have not, actually. I tried once uh, and then fell off because uh, going from, you know, the wide stance to the surfing stance was became a little bit difficult for me, and maybe it was just the waves that day. Uh, but I, I really liked the, uh, the peacefulness of, like, being able to go straight out into the ocean. I was living in California where I was. It was a sandy beach, and there wasn't a lot of rocks, so you could just go straight from the beach and just go straight out. And then the noise of the city Uh, just went away. And then it was just birds and, you know, a little bit of water chop. And it was just, it really brought me back to like, why I loved being on the water, Uh, just being out and, you know, being one, one with uh, nature, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's probably a very familiar story and a very familiar feeling to, to all of us who are part of the paddle tribe. So suck garbage, man. I mean it, it it's a it's a fantastic um it's a fantastic identity I mean w- we saw it first of all on on your Instagram profile and, and your Instagram profile has got all of those characteristics of very strong social media entities which is a beautiful photography and you know pictures of wonderful vistas and and sunrises and sunsets and so on so it looks absolutely fantastic but um obviously you're you're dealing with something which is slightly less glamorous than the sort of bikinis and cocktails we <laughs> see in a these, uh, on a lot of these on a lot of these sup channels um your you know your story is all about clearing Trash and some of it rather unpleasant trash from um, from the, the river near you. So, just give us a bit of a lead into how long you've been sup garbage man, and, and how did it all start?
0: Yeah, sure. But first, I want to say thank you very much for the the compliments. Uh, I do put a lot of work into the photography side of it, and I've realised. As, and then we'll probably get into this while we're talking but I've realized that it has given me a venue uh, to showcase like my creativity I'm not really trying to make it like a creative thing but uh, it is something that I do put a lot of work into and it is very uh, very uh, meaningful when people tell me that it, it, it looks great so thank you for that but uh, when I first started uh, it was sub and it was May of last year so it's just over a year uh, I was out paddling one morning it was like the first warm morning Real warm morning of the year, uh, and it was sunrise. And I said, you know what? I'm going out at sunrise. I'm not, you know, waiting to for the afternoon and all that stuff. And I went out, and it was awesome to have the river to myself. There was nobody else out there, maybe a boat or two. And if you're familiar with the area here, like as the summer goes on, the the boats start picking up, and there's a lot more boat traffic. And so it's just nice to be out uh, again on the water in the middle of the river. You could the city noise drowns away, and then I saw a white object, uh, in the distance, maybe a couple hundred, uh, yards away. Uh, and so I paddled over to it and it was a, a plastic bag with two styrofoam takeout containers in it, uh, that still had food in it. And I was just shocked. I was like, oh man, like I know there's trash in waterways. And I honestly hadn't no idea how much trash was in this river at that point, but I grabbed it, put it on the board. Uh, and then on my way back in, I came across an area where the tide was pushing, uh, floating trash into like a little circle up along near uh, the shore in the marina. And I was utterly shocked. Um, I had no idea that was in this river either. Uh, and so that like was the first time I'd really noticed how much was out there. So I grabbed what I could put it on the board. It was like, okay, that's it. I'm going out tomorrow uh, morning and putting a milk crate on the board and taking it with me. And so went out and then I filled up the milk crate with the trash that I found. Cause once you see the trash, it's hard not to see it.
1: Uh, mm. And so
0: I just started filling up the the crate. Uh, and then the second then the second day after, uh, so it was a third day in a row that I went at sunrise, I brought a second milk crate because I knew how fast I filled up the first one. Uh, and so <clears throat> and then I filled that one up too. And at that point is when I realized that there needs to be some sort of awareness campaign. And at that point, uh, I hadn't really done much on social media. Uh, I had a Facebook account from a long time ago. I never really used Instagram. Uh, so I thought I was coming up with some new new thing where people are picking up trash out of the water from a paddle board. Um, and I was just, like, this we need to raise awareness. so that that's kind of how it started. And so you know, the name came after that. I wanted something that was uh, kind of poked fun at myself because not a lot many people like to identify themselves as a garbage man. I you know not people. It just seems like one of those things. I mean, no offense to the garbage men out there, but uh, it's just something that a lot of people would rather not, you know, identify as. So I thought it was kind of catchy. And then ever since then, uh, just seeing uh, the other communities uh, out there on Instagram and social media. There's, you know, the runners who pick up trash, the ploggers, you know, and then uh, there's a bunch of other folks who do litter picking. And of course, mm-hmm. I've, you know, seen uh, the, the Plastic Patrol from uh, the UK. And Mm -hmm. all that stuff uh, after I had started and I was just like, wow, so there is people out there as weird as me who like to pick up trash and uh, put it on Instagram. So um, it just kind of like supported what I was doing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There's lots of people as weird as you are out there and uh, count myself amongst the number as well. And, we, you know, we've also spoken to quite a few of these uh, of these people on the, on the podcast as well. And funnily enough, I was having a conversation with a Canadian paddler a um, few weeks ago who's doing an academic study into sort of environmental exposure of paddle borders. And uh, she's working on the thesis that, you know, for exactly those reasons you were talking about, because you're paddling so high above the the water you can see a lot more um you know once you reach a certain level of competence on the paddleboard you start noticing these things and start wanting to to do something about it so so you've been doing it for for a year as a sup um garbage man now, I know that you, you, you photograph your finds as well and you also measure them. So just give us a bit of an idea of, of how much stuff you've actually removed from the, um, from the water over the last sort of 12, 13, 14 months.
0: Yeah. So I do, I measure everything by volume uh, because I know that whatever I pick up, some of it has water in it and mud and stuff. So I I didn't want to skew it with weight. Um, And also when I first started, I didn't want to buy a scale. because I was really trying to like not buy things for this. I was trying to reuse things that I already had because I felt like buying a bunch of new stuff kind of defeated the purpose and the intent (laughs) of what I was doing. So uh, since I had milk crates already, uh, I just measured them and figured out that the cubic feet of each. And then when I ended up building the big bin that's on the back, of the board if you've seen it in the pictures uh, measured that um, and it works out to about 8 to 10 cubic feet depending on how many uh, crates I bring with me uh, It's what I have on the board each time and so I usually just kind of eyeball it, estimate it. it's not exact um, so obviously it's a little bit more skewed uh, than perfect but uh, it's it kind of gives you an idea of the like the, the space that the trash that I pulled out exists and so I try to equate that cubic feet uh, number to an object that's familiar, um, mm-hmm. and so at the end of May, I collect. I had up to thirteen hundred and sixty. Uh, so 1,360 cubic feet of trash removed. Uh, and if you uh, recall the recent uh, space launch um, when they sent uh, the crew to the space station uh, at the end of May, uh, the, if you take the capsule on top that held the crew and then the, the space where they brought the extra stuff, I guess SpaceX calls it the trunk, um, that entire top piece, I believe, uh, is like 30 feet, 9 meters tall. And the, the circumference of that, and you take that volume. That's about the amount of trash. Uh, that I've pulled out of the river since uh, last year. Uh, oh. Yeah, it it's shocking,
1: <laughs> and and all on a paddleboard, mm-hmm. which is uh, even more amazing because obviously uh, there certain operational difficulties with operating on a on an unstable platform. There, so so, um, so let's just talk a little bit about your finds because you've handled some sort of pretty. Big discoveries, haven't you? So, what what were the worst ones that you had to deal with, and and how did you how did you get them back?
0: Yeah, so I have had a, a few uh, large finds. Uh, it, it, one thing that shocks me is how many big things are out in the in the river. I found uh, all kinds of uh, uh, cones, barrels, and stuff like that. Uh, one of the, or a couple of the most memorable, I found a barrel, like it was a rain barrel, 55 gallon rain barrel, blue plastic rain barrel floating out in the, in the middle of the river. I guess it was closer to one side, but I tried to get it onto the board and it was, it it wasn't completely full of water, but there was enough in there that I couldn't, speaking of balance, I couldn't get it up onto the board uh, without, you know, knowing I was going over. Uh, And so I wished at that point that I had, a rope or something, I could, you know, attach it to the board, uh, so I could pull it. Uh, Mm. And I, you know, after I've seen it, I can't just leave it there. I mean, I could have just paddled away and been like, oh, well, you know, but nope, I I like the challenge of it. So I ended up pushing that thing for 30 minutes with the nose of my board uh, towards the shoreline. Uh, And that was, uh, that must have been a sight to see. Uh, Just, you know, you get a couple good paddles in, and then the board kind of slips off of it and uh, whatnot. But I ended up getting it to the shore and uh, was able to unscrew the, the lid and, and dump the, the water out. Uh, and then it was much easier to put on the board at that point. It was empty. But after that, I, I ended up putting a, uh, or adding a uh, plastic chain and a rope. I had found both of them in the river, actually. So it was kind of nice to be able to reuse that um, to, my, to my setup uh, where I attach the, the chain to the leash attachment on the back. Uh, and I leave it on the board uh, when I go out just in case I find something and then I have a rope in my dry bag that I'll attach to it if I ever find anything I need to tow. And uh, there was one day that I ended up paddling and found a uh, bathtub-shaped piece of floating dock that was 21 cubic feet in itself. Uh, it, no did, way. Yeah, it did not fit into the truck. Uh, there was no way I was going to get on the board. There's no way I was going to push it, but I knew I had my tow rope. Uh, and so I was able to attach it. it had some holes drilled in it from where apparently was screwed uh to the to the dock or the wood that was on top and i attached it and then uh, begrudgingly started paddling back and it just happened to be one of those days where the tide was going out and the wind was in my face so it was a nice a 45 minute yeah 45 oh, minute yeah. to an hour paddle when it was only like a half a mile at that point because it was i found it right right after i got out and uh yeah it was a brutal haul. Um, and I had to, you know, flip the thing up a hill to get it into the truck. Um, I put a video of it on my Instagram. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a beast
1: that sounds horrendous i mean this must take quite a toll on your paddleboard and paddle i mean um have you broken any during your uh, recoveries because cause you because there was what a um a metal bucket full of concrete and you know all sorts of things you've had to transport that can't be uh, that can't be light for your paddle and your paddleboard to deal with
0: no, it's, it's not. I, I ended up buying an inflatable paddleboard in August because I wanted to get something that was a little more stable because the hardboard that I had, uh, fiberglass board, was uh, getting scratched up and banged up on rocks and I didn't want to mm. break it. So I wanted to get something that was inflatable um, to, to be able to uh, handle that. And uh, I ended up buying one with a 435 pound weight limit, uh, knowing wow. what I was going to put it through um, and or weight capacity. And it it, uh, it, I haven't been able to sink that thing or flip it yet. Um, the amount of stuff <laughs> that I put on there, I've had, um, a, one of those like no wake buoys that was a 100, 103 pounds. I think I found uh, oh, yeah. a set of three, three tires. One was like a giant truck tire that was 103 pounds by itself. Uh, I had all that on there. And, uh, the trick just comes to uh, being able to stack it just right so it doesn't get top heavy, but I haven't haven't broken anything um, at all actually yet. Knock on wood.
1: Good effort. And and where do you draw the line in terms of size? I mean, yeah, I'm sure this stuff gets silted up, doesn't it? The tires, you have to dig them out. You know, where would you draw the line? Is it purely a sort of safety line as to if you think it's going to sink you?
0: Yeah, there there are a few things that I've seen that I can't like uh, get. Um, the, I got the weight, I guess would be the, the line, uh, if I can safely get it onto the board because usually I'm out by myself. And so if I have something that's too large for me to uh, flip or pick up by myself, um, I don't want to you know risk hurting my back or anything like that. So it's more mm-hmm. of a, a physical personal safety than it is the board. Um, cause I, I'm pretty sure my board will handle anything I put on it. Um, and then it, you know, the weight and then, how high? Where am I going to have to put this thing on the board? There was one time I found a, like a seven-foot styrofoam log. Uh, I don't know what it was from, but I saw it, and I first thing I thought was I'll put it long ways on the board, and I'll straddle it, and I'll put it on top of the like milk crates, and you know, and uh, and it'll be fine. Yeah, no, that didn't work. Uh, kind of toppled the board. Thankfully, it was close to shore, and was able to put everything back because um, it wasn't you know out in the middle. Um, I ended up taking that and ended up turning it sideways on the board to make the board, you know, from the top look like a giant letter T. Uh, huh. And so it really comes down to like the weight. And then how am I going to be able to put it on the board? Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, there are a few things out there that I know that uh, I, that are there that I can't, can't get currently so i might end up uh, bringing a one of my other paddle boards with me one day and just towing that back if i can flip it over onto that board you know
1: so in terms of the the sort of stuff that you you pick out um, most frequently i mean is it plastics i mean that there tends to be quite a lot of focus on on that at the moment you know the disposable bottles and so on what what's the what's the the the, the largest quantity of stuff that you tend to find
0: you know, plastics hands down um, is what I find the most either plastic bottles um, from any any kind of and it's not just water bottles or soda bottles I found uh, you know the small litter liquor bottles, uh, beer bottles stuff like that they're all plastic and uh, then you know food wrappers and, and things like that uh, The second most um, the prolific thing I found is uh, styrofoam. Uh, there is so much styrofoam. Uh, it's either chunks of styrofoam foam insulation from like houses and stuff like that uh, or even like the small little pieces of cups that have been broken or food containers Mm. but there's definitely a lot of styrofoam packing material you know styrofoam kind of stuff peanuts and stuff like that but yeah plastics is by far the most
1: it's happening all over the western world certainly you know it's a big problem in in the uk as well um and You've obviously must have had some uh, random and unique discoveries, and kind of known the answer to some of these in advance. Because obviously, I've uh, I've been following your your feed. Um, for those of a nervous disposition, it, probably uh, worth just turning this down for a, um, a minute or so. So, so Joe, um, the the random and, and unique items that you've you found.
0: So, if you asked me this question about a month ago, uh, it would have been much harder to answer. But uh, at this point, uh, to to the reason why we're asking people to turn it down, uh, a vial of blood uh, was the absolute um, weirdest, strangest, grossest thing I have found. Um, It's the kind that you know, if you went to the the doctor and the phlebotomist, you know, drew blood to send it off for testing. Uh, that vial with blood in it was in the river. There was no markings on it, no label or anything like that. But uh, uh, it was it was right right on the shoreline, uh, which had you know clearly been washed up there at some point. Um, that was uh, that was shocking. Thankfully, I have rubber gloves and stuff in my bag, and I can and I can handle it. Uh, but before that, uh, I would I I could never really think of one thing um, there because there's so many things. And so what ended up being the most surprising to me and uh, craziest thing was just the amount of doubles of things that I found. Um, Like, for example, I found a car seat once, and then I found a second one. I found a uh, fire extinguisher, and then uh, a third, you know, I ended up finding a third. Um, Let's see, I found... Trash cans, mop buckets, <laughs> uh, construction cones, shopping carts, uh, bikes—you know—all, bikes. it, it, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty shocking how many doubles there are of things out there. So I, that just means to me, I'm going to end up finding a second vial of blood. Really, is what that tells me.
1: And, uh, well yeah keep those uh yeah. keep those hygienic gloves uh to hand um do you think do you think this is particularly unusual to the potomac i mean it, is it particularly affected by this or do you think this is a a characteristic of you know other american rivers
0: i feel like this is a characteristic of uh, other rivers um i don't think it's specific to this one i feel like any large city um the river that would, if there's a river that runs through it, it, probably looks similar. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is character specific to here at all. Um, and for example, when I go down to visit my uh, parents in Florida, uh, there's, they live near the intracoastal waterway and, uh, you know, it looks clean at, at first. Um, it's not nearly as bad as here, but I would take, you know, my dad's board out, um, and you know, bring a crate, you know, or something, uh, and then still end up filling up that crate, uh, or you know, finding some large objects uh, back in like the mangroves and stuff like that. So, um, and it's not even a large city; it's a town of five thousand people. So, um, <laughs> the fact that you see that kind of stuff in those areas, and then I look at like the area that I live in now, that uh, just tells me that it that it's just everywhere.
1: So, I mean, the interesting thing about mindsets and so on. So, obviously, um, you know, if you're exposed to the water, then you'll see this stuff. But you're seeing it day in, day out. Sometimes twice a day. Is it? I don't know how many sessions you do a day. How how can you? How do you not get angry about this? Or or have you kind of coached yourself?
0: Yeah, coach myself is a is a great way to put that. Um, I I used to. I usually only go out once a day. Um, Sometimes I'll there's very rare times I will go out twice. Um, just because of the the sorting and the processing and, uh, and you know the the trash when I get home uh, that I need to do, and then pictures and stuff like that. Uh, just you know, when you have a GoPro, you're taking hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures, so you have to go through all that. So that's why I usually don't go out twice. And I figure if I go out once and I picked up at least a couple things, I still did something. The specific question about being angry, I, you know, I, I guess I, I used to. Uh, get, start getting depressed about it and, and frustrated. Um, but you know it's not, it's not my place to shame anybody or get mad at anybody for it. you know it, it doesn't belong in the river and so I just pick it up and so you know I, I've gotten to the point where I'll find some large object. For example today I found a barrel uh, saw it on the shoreline and I knew if I find something big there's going to be a you know a bunch of stuff in the bushes right along the shore right next to it. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm standing in, you know, shin deep water, uh, collecting a board full of plastic bottles, styrofoam, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I get there and I see the barrel and I see all the stuff and I have a moment where I sigh and I just get upset and be like, this is like, what am I doing? Like, am I doing anything? And I just let that natural feeling of frustration or anger or whatever it is at the time, uh, depress, you know, uh I just let it run its course for a minute or two and just kind of like despair, you know, just sit there and like, Oh man, this this sucks. Uh, and then I, well, I'm here. I have my board. I got to take pictures. People are expecting it. Oh, sunrise. Oh, this is cool. You know? And I'm like, I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. And then I just get to work and I just pick it up and then I put it back, uh, put all my, put all the stuff on the board, get the board in the water. And then I'm paddling, uh, with a gorgeous sunrise, uh, mm. with the added challenge of, you know, the stuff that I find. Uh, and so, it, it, you know, I, I do let myself get angry for a second, but then, uh, overall just put my head down and, and, you know, pick it up because it, it doesn't belong there. So I just kind of focus on that, I guess.
1: Well, I guess, I guess being out in nature and just being on the water is a great consolation in itself, isn't it really? Yes, exactly. Yep. So, so just um, just a final question about the the fines. How how do you manage them? How do you process them? Do you repurpose them? Do you recycle them? How do you get rid of it? Because there's a huge volume there, isn't there?
0: There is. Yeah, I always want to joke that yeah, I just go up the river and I dump it back in, so I have something else to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I, uh, I take it all home actually, and uh, it's just my wife and I, and so I, I fill up uh, our uh, trash can and recycle bin weekly because uh, uh, we have the larger bins that the county comes and gets uh, but when i first get home uh, i'll uh, you know uh, i'll sort through the trash i'll take the it all starts when i'm on the board uh, my milk crates so the milk crate i keep in the front is for like stuff that i know is going to be trash trash only and i'm just going to dump it into a bagged trash can when i get home so i don't have to worry about picking through everything to pull out the recycling uh the bin on the back is reserved for like plastic bottles and heavier bottles or bottles that are full of water or liquid of some sort um you can imagine what kind of bottles full of liquid i find um and so i leave all that in the back and so that's where the sorting process starts and then when i get home i you know take the the bin uh the crate with the uh the trash in it and I dump it into, like I said, a, a bagged trash can. Uh, and then I sort out the, the recycling that I know, or the plastic bottles that I know can be recycled. Um, so if they're clean, look relatively undirty, uh, I will put them in a, a few other trash cans that I have, which two of them I have found in the river, uh, which I just end up repurposing. Um, and then, you know, I, 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 I sort and put what I can in our bins um, and then... Uh, Any other recycling that I have that is more than my bin can handle, I'll bring it to uh, a county collection point. I'll uh, dump that uh, there, Uh, which is funny. I find stuff. In those recycling dumpsters, which to me points to the problem of people just—we don't know how to handle our trash. I found tiki torches in there that were brand new, uh, which aren't recyclable. I found lawn chairs that were perfectly fine, just needed a quick scrub. Um, Cool-looking lounge chairs, um, and so you know, dumpster diving basically. But uh, I feel if I take that out, it's not going to go to the the, fan, the you know the recycling place and clog up anything and I can clean it up and repurpose it you know so um, but I, I you know I, I try not to like dig through people's trash uh, but when it's in the when it's on the top in the recycling bin it's kind of like it well, exactly. doesn't belong there I'm gonna take that home
1: uh,
0: Absolutely. yeah so that's kind of the the sorting process at home and then anything big I'll try and fit in the the can but when you know um, when we're not in the quarantine environment, I'm able to use the the dumpster at work. They've allowed me to um, use it for like some of the larger objects. Um, but uh, yeah, there are a few things that I have found that are definitely repurposable. And I did put up a post recently of a bunch of wood that I found and a bunch of buoys and boat bumpers and stuff and kind of decorated the front of the house to look uh, a little bit like, you know, uh, a dock kind of mm. beach side place. Um, so, I don't really try to use the stuff that I found in the river, but there is a lot of stuff that still is uh, completely functional. Um, Just clean it up, get a, you know, a a bucket of uh, dish soap and a sponge and, you know, it's good as new. So I'm not eating off of anything I found in this river, that's for sure. But uh, (laughs) uh, uh, if it sits in the front yard and looks cool, you know, why not?
1: Well, there you go, absolutely. And uh, you've also got a little orphanage for lost cuddly toys. I noticed.
0: <laughs> yes, yep. Our little uh, we call it the friend shelf. A uh, little. Uh, I found uh, two or three, three so far. Uh, little stuffed animals. Yep. They each have a name. That's uh, Mac because he was found in the Potomac. Uh, we have what Marble because he looks like marbles. Uh, and then uh, what was the other one? Oh man, I'm failing. Uh, I know Chloe. We got Chloe from Secret Life, Life of Pets. Uh, and then the mouse. Oh yeah, River because he's a rat. River rat. Oh no, I no that was that was his first name. I apologize. His name is atui because he's a rat. So rat atui Ah, okay. Yeah. I
1: see. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, the and you know again this is something that you know obviously we mentioned about the photos but but the humor running through it as well and the little stories in there that that must sort of um, you know really increase the the engagement that you're getting so when you're out on the water you must see other river users out there what sort of comments do you get and uh, from them when you're when you're doing your thing
0: yeah so i find that uh there's three distinct types of uh, uh people that uh I, I come across uh there's the you know obviously the people who like recognize what i'm doing and i'm picking up trash and they're very appreciative of it and i like, thank you appreciate it that's really all you know that's really awesome of you and uh, and, you know, I try to talk to him a little bit about what I'm doing, you know, with the Instagram and stuff like that. Um, and so, and then my overall just, Hey, it doesn't belong over. I'm not really, you know, out here to like make a statement. I just feel like picking it up. And so that, that's really cool. And uh, there's a second type of, uh, person who like will just stare from across the parking lot, um. I, I imagine it's because I'm doing something that looks abnormal to the area and you know, absolutely it is abnormal. I feel like, you know, once we normalize litter picking, you know, we would probably have more mm. people realize how much litter is on the ground and then less likely to buy as much stuff and, or take care of, you know, their trash better. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there are a lot of, a lot of people who will just kind of watch and not ask any questions. And then there's another, um, and then the third is a, uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, if I'm fishing or like, hey, you catch anything today? What you're what you fishing for? Have any luck? And uh, I'm usually like, yeah, I caught all this, you know, and they're like, <laughs> they look at me a little strange. I'm like, yeah, just, you know, fishing for trash, you know, it's, so the game warden, you know, I don't, I don't need to worry about, you know, the cops giving me a hard time because there's no size limit or, you know, quota that I can collect. Um, and oh, the, fun, yeah. the the funniest you know I tell my wife that all the time you know that like people ask me if I'm fishing she's like how do they do that you have a board full of trash there's no fishing poles I don't understand why do people ask you that and I was like well I don't have crates and stuff on the board and I guess that's just a normal more normal thing to do and then she was with me once and uh, we were paddling in the river not in this river in a different river around here and uh, it was right near this restaurant in a in a in, an older gentleman and his uh and his grandson came you know hustling out of the, the 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 restaurant and like hey let's you know see what they're they're catching you know and he asked me hey what'd you guys catch you catch any luck what what kind of fish are in this river i'm like no man i and i don't i caught was like, this trash and at that point i had a, a plastic chair on the back the bin was full and i had a tire between my legs uh <laughs> and then a bunch of other stuff uh, plastic bags and stuff on the board and i was like no i just got trash he's like yeah but yeah but what kind of fish are you catching and i'm like two or three more times he just was he wouldn't like it, it didn't click that I was not fishing. Yeah. And uh, my wife was with me and she's like, man, I, I thought, I thought you were just making that up. <laughs> but yeah, people just literally cannot see the fact that you have trash. Um, and I think that just goes to like show you is like people, when you can't see it, when you're, when you're, when you don't see it it's hard to see you
1: know exactly yeah it can be invisible and uh, mm-hmm. you know you'd think that the fishermen would be uh, nature lovers as well and be a bit more aware of that that's, uh, that's bizarre one of the things that um, you know a that i've seen is the amount of engagement you get with other people do you feel as though either other people in other rivers are doing something similar to you or or do you think that other people have picked it up since they've seen your your profile and what you're doing?
0: Uh, I know there are other people that do pick up stuff um, without seeing my profile but uh, there have been quite a few people who have uh, either uh, seen me in person and then created their own Instagram. There's actually another guy around uh, here who uh, he has his uh, profile SIK Garbage Man. Uh, And so that's sit and kayak, I imagine. Um, And so he, he, he saw him on the shoreline with his, his wife one morning and uh, he, he, you know, said that he had always seen trash in the river and he had picked up some stuff, but like after seeing what I did and seeing my Instagram, uh, you know, he was one of those folks that admired me when I got off the, (laughs) off the Mm -hmm. board, Uh, ended up creating his own thing. And now he has his own set of uh, followers, you know, he's fairly new at it, uh, but uh, he's, he's out there doing something, you know? Um, there was a, another couple out in Washington state, uh, that, uh, started up a small Instagram as well, based on what I was doing. And then I've, you know, had a few people from uh, around the world, you know, tell me like I've inspired them and, you know, they pick up trash or they're going to get a trash picker stick or something like that when they're out on the board, you know, it's so just seeing like the level of the level of effort I put into this, you know, inspired them to, you know, just pick up one or two things. And, you know, that's all I can ask. I mean, I'm not asking mm-hmm. for everyone to go out there and get as much as i do i mean it's my own kind of you know um self-reflecting time to be on the water and you know kind of space out and pick up trash um but as long as someone's picking up something it's it's pretty cool but yeah i've definitely heard some stories where people have uh taken taken my lead i guess if you will Mm.
1: and and where do you see this developing in the future are you just kind of happy doing what you're doing
0: So I created, um, I started a a nonprofit for it back in uh, November, uh, with the goal of, uh, you know, in the next uh, five to 10 years, kind of growing it into something a little bit more to uh, raise awareness or like sponsor cleanups and stuff like that. Um, My whole thing is, I don't want to be specific to any one river, I want it to be uh, I'm just gonna pick up trash everywhere, you know, um, and then I can uh, sponsor cleanups. Or if there's a if there's an organization that uh, you know wants to lead uh, cleanup and you know they hear about what I'm doing, say there's a a restaurant that I go to frequently, and uh, the manager's like, yeah, I wish we could do something like that, but we don't have the extra funds. I'll be like, well, I'll you know I'll use my nonprofit funds to pay for your cleanup. Um, you can buy the supplies and stuff like that to go and do what you want to do. Uh, so that's kind of where I want it to go, but right now it's just uh, you know with the full-time job that I have, uh, already working forty hours a week. This is more of a a pastime hobby with the side hustle just kind of getting started, if you if you know mm. what I mean. And I don't yeah. want to say it's a hustle. That's just a bad way to put it. Um, slang, you know, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, no,
1: no I, know, I know exactly what you mean. So it's been pretty successful. I mean, you, you've attracted quite a lot, a lot of um, interest, not least uh, when you received an award from the French government. Didn't you? For, uh, I did, for, yes. Yeah. So t- tell us tell us a bit about how that came to pass.
0: So I just got goosebumps. Uh, it was one of the very... Uh, uh, meaning, most meaningful formative things uh, for this whole project. Um, at that point it was in November so that was when I was kind of thinking I might want to start this thing into a nonprofit or not uh, and then uh, I, I joined a contest actually they reached out to me and said hey it would be great to submit for this contest after seeing what I've uh, been the work I'm putting in and it's you know, the French Embassy here in, in Washington D.C. Uh, and they uh, reached out and suggested I enter the contest uh, for uh, a Wake G7 uh, concept watch. It's solar powered and made out of fishing nets and completely sustainable. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was one of a few groups uh, that had actually uh, submitted uh, to win uh, the Eco Citizen uh, contest that they were putting on for that month. Uh, and so in December, uh, you know, they invited uh, me and my wife up to. Uh, the the French embassy here. And I met the, you know, France's ambassador to the to the US. Uh, we've talked mm-hmm. about a half an hour about um, just different environmental type things. And so that was actually a really, really cool uh, experience. So.
1: Did you get a good mail?
0: Uh, no, no. It was too early in the morning. Uh, we just kind of oh, hung it? out. Yeah. Hung out, uh, did the presentation. It was just cool to to say I went to France that morning, so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I mean, being being French, of course, you would have had wine even <laughs> early in the morning, didn't you?
0: Oh, I wish. <laughs>
1: yeah. Cool. Well, that that sounds that sounds amazing. That that's quite a that's quite an accolade, you know. Particularly this early in on your uh, your side hustle. Well, look, I think. Um, I, th- I think that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's incredible the work you're doing. What I'd like to do, Joe, is just finish off with a bit of a a quick fire um, succession of questions. Are you up for that? Sure. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So, um, your favourite place to paddle?
0: Florida Keys.
1: And and all, although I call this a quick far round, it's more of a sort of medium far round because sometimes okay. I ask for a bit more more detail. So the Florida Keys, I, th- I think you mentioned a bit bit about it already. You know, crystal clear waters. Have they got the manatees down there? Is that? Uh,
0: uh, I I haven't seen many manatees. And I think from what I've seen manatees growing up, it's been more up on the the, uh, the west coast, up towards Tampa. Oh. But uh, I usually. Uh, you know, I don't know that I've seen too many manatees down there. But you
1: get some dolphins down dolphins, there, do you? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah. I like getting in the mangroves. There's a lot of stuff in those mangroves to get. So. Uh,
1: your bucket list location, so the places that uh, you haven't paddled or you really want to, you really want to paddle?
0: Uh, I'd love to. There's an aqueduct that uh, I see frequently on the UK uh, Instagram feeds where people have paddled over that. Uh, yeah that is absolutely on the bucket list uh and then included with that is anywhere uh anywhere over in europe that's uh historically significant uh, i think that mm. it would just be fantastic uh to be able to to paddle down some of those rivers
1: yeah they're they're kind of opening it up a, a bit there's um certainly in london there's there's the odd opportunity to um, to sort of paddle if the tide's right and so on down through central London. So that's quite cool. And I know there's a race through the centre of Paris as well. So you, you've got some contacts there. I'm sure you'd be able to manage that
0: at some point. Maybe yeah, we'll see if I can reach out to them.
1: And you know, if you were going to paddle with one individual, living or dead, who who would you take out on uh, on a paddle?
0: Oh man, <laughs> that's a good question wow uh yeah because i usually go solo right so uh they would have to be willing to like deal with <laughs> my trash picking
1: That's someone who can help you with that heavy stuff
0: yeah maybe uh let's uh the rock yeah yeah let's just say the rock you know what my wife would love it if i just said dwayne johnson the rock uh Excellent. i could definitely uh use some of his help yeah and also he's just a positive dude. Uh, He's just a really good dude, so like I, I love his personality and everything like that too. So
1: he's one of my favorites as well. So that's that's great, good stuff. Okay, well, Joe, thanks ever so much for your time. I've really appreciated it. Had a great chat. You've you've opened my eyes to, uh, well, the horrendous situation you're you're in, but it's just sort of redoubled my uh, my enthusiasm for what we do over here as well. Could you just share where we can find you online?
0: Sure, yeah. Uh, on Instagram, it's at supgarbageman. And online, uh, my website is org, And that, that handle should work also on Facebook and Twitter if you use one of those two. And I post to both, I post from Instagram to those other two. So it's not, not a different feed, it's usually the same. So.
1: Lovely. Well, it's a quality feed as we've we've said. Well, thank you, Joe. Thanks ever so much for your time, and uh, we'll see you on the water sometime.
0: Great. Thanks, Simon. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to SUP FM, the number one podcast for stand up paddlers wherever you are. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Until
1: then. We'll see you on the water!